Start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cotwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are starting season two of our coverage of Seinfeld. The Seinfeld story, the chronicles, if you will, uh, continue on in season two after a very short season one. And we are following along with it. This episode, entitled The Ex-Girlfriend, aired on January 23rd, 1991. This episode uh, was originally going to broadcast a week earlier, but this whole little thing called the uh, Gulf War postponed it for a week. Oh, yeah, and wasn't that the actual length of the Gulf War, just a week long? (laughs) That's That's about right. Uh, yeah, at least that first one. Yeah, at least um, the first one was. Yeah, and I feel like we're still fighting the second one, for all I know, even though we had, like, that mission accomplished, uh, uh, big airliner, you know, that happened not too long after it. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah I remember that. The, the one that W started. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah, good old W. And the synopsis for this episode, Jerry begins seeing George's ex, Marlene, but George is more annoyed that Jerry wa- uh, went behind his back to pay the balance of a bogus chiropractor bill. Marlene breaks up with Jerry because she doesn't like his comedy act. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. That's the end of our episode. Um, enjoy. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, that's the basic. basic. So uh, we'll start with our scene breakdown. And the very first scene we have is a comedy bit. Oh, yes. And, and like every Seinfeld episode, we start with a stand-up bit. This one was about changing lanes, uh, driving, you know, and, and changing lanes and everything. And, you know, I was like, okay, it, it was fine. But for a season premiere, I was like, that was a little underwhelming, especially when I think that uh, season or the next episode is a little bit funnier, the, the stand-up. I was a little bit unimpressed with the uh, season premiere mm-hmm. stand-up for season two. Yeah, I think that is a, a valid point. And actually, I'll probably bring that same exact uh, comment up later in this episode. But uh, all right, so... We start off the actual, you know, non-comedy bit part of this episode that George wants to break up with his girlfriend. Uh, you know, he's kind of making all these funny excuses. He's blaming her for seducing him. You know, it's, hey, it's her fault for sed- she seduced me. You know, she forced me to say I love you, you know, which is obviously just, you know, he was not forced to say I love you. He's just being a, a, a bit of a douche making his excuses on how he can break up with her. But Jerry is kind um, of egging him on, though, which is funny, oh, yeah. too, and all of jerry's replies are like oh but you're only human like it's all these little egg on replies that are are great you know he's being a good friend you know i mean you know you have to support your buddy who needs to needs to break up with a girlfriend and uh you know just 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 allow it bros before hoes until it's until it's later (laughs) yeah exactly until wait wait about five ten minutes on the episode and then it'll, it'll swap around a little bit um but there is uh, a really good line, which actually is a recur- reoccurring line, at least just for this episode. Uh, you know, George is trying to figure out how he should do it. And Jerry, with his perfect delivery, he goes, you know, do it like a Band-Aid. One motion. Right off! Yeah, I loved it. I noted that. I, I love whenever Jerry's voice gets high anytime. It's yeah. one of my right favorite off. <laughs> Right off! <laughs> 
Yeah, this is definitely, uh, you know, this is Adam's pick for Adam's favorite line of the episode is uh, this one, and particularly probably because it comes back and, and comes back later, but De- Jerry's delivery is just perfect. Exactly. The way he uh, raises his voice and, you know, when he gets either angry or he gets excited or he gets, you know, whatever, uh, he kind of does this higher pitch or whatever, his nasally kind of sound. Or, or when uh, he has he like a little exactly. smirk and he's doing his half smile because he's about to la- yeah. laugh at the own, you know, his own <laughs> joke. I love that, dude. I love it yeah. when he's about to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elaine shows up and George uh, doesn't want to sit in the middle of the car. Uh, she's trying to get in. One, she doesn't want to sit in the back because she'll be left out of the conversation. And there's this whole con- this whole kind of debate about you know who should sit in the middle. One, very outdated because no cars in the- have a bench seat in the front anymore. Like that is uh, a dead. Uh, seating arrangement yeah jerry is literally driving like a grandpa car it has a full <laughs> bench seat you know and i'm like okay that's that's fine and i guess he's what what mid early 30s so it was probably mm-hmm. he's not so so successful so he's got to have this like you know probably a car he's had for a while but like yeah, i was like yeah, I he, could doesn't, never... he hasn't he hasn't gotten the sob yet exactly you know, we're waiting we're, <laughs> Wait. we're waiting for that but like i've never seen a grown person drive in the middle of a bench seat <laughs> like that if it wasn't a pickup truck you know like there's a full yeah back seats i was like that's really odd but at the same time the scene worked and and you know george made a little comment and it was it was i thought it was funny once i got past the oddness of it yeah i agree um you know there's uh, some homophobic uh you know tendencies with george which actually kind of come back throughout this entire series uh, do you, that, do you, you think know, she could have made that comment today? Like, like she just says that's you know you're you're pretty homophobic, George, for not sitting because George says he doesn't want to sit next to Jerry because it's weird to have you know guy guy girl, and mm-hmm. she's like, well, that's very homophobic of you, and George is like, uh, yeah, I guess it was, you know, but he or like sort of like admitting that, yeah, I am homophobic, yeah. and which is pretty honest. Um, but yeah. do you think that they could have had that same conversation today? Um, I think so because I like how honest and how she just fucking calls him out on it and i think like that's what people would would do today and it's like stop being such a homophobe you, you, you dumb pussy yeah like that's that's honestly the kind of conversation i would have with someone's like jesus christ you're not gonna get fucking cooties yeah just sit next to your friend you know i would sit next to you Corey, any day <laughs> we have sat next to each other very, <laughs> very closely <laughs> welcome to recording yes. podcast guys yes um and so. and in the car ride i liked i liked how jerry's solution was like a reference to the blob and that's mm. That's a recurring thing for the entire show is that everything he looks at, like all of his solutions are very like childlike, you know, it's just, you know, something comic book related, something movie related or whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, I can relate to that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, a very mini like B storyline. Elaine tells us about this guy in her apartment who, uh, you know, she originally was having a whole bunch of conversations with him you know they had that then they went to kind of like hellos uh then they went to just kind of nods and then they went to absolutely then nothing and you know she's all upset because you know this one guy uh not that there was nothing romantic with him but you know they were having like this friendly relationship and now it's just fucking done and she's all pissed off about it she's overreacting about something that honestly doesn't fucking matter i mean that's something that 
all of these characters do in every goddamn episode throughout the rest of this entire fucking show. It doesn't matter, but it's also completely relatable. Like, I feel like, you know, we've all sort of been in that situation in one way, shape, or form. Maybe we don't Mm -hmm. have go as extreme as Elaine, and that's sort of, like, what's wrong with her character. She gets so angry, but I love angry Elaine. She's so fantastic, especially when she stabbed the guy in the the forehead with the fork. Um, But, uh, (laughs) but, um, it's... But it, it's still a relatable problem, and even to today, like today's standards are, it's a relatable problem. So I, it, and I Definitely. liked it. I liked it, but it was weird that her B storyline was just a, a like a, a retelling was like just yes. a, was just a story. Her B storyline was her just telling them something. You don't actually see it happen. I feel like later yeah. on in the series, you would have just seen that happen. I was gonna say the exact same comment. We are simpatico, baby, because. <laughs> You know, I think they maybe they were trying to make these early seasons a little too Jerry centric, and it was really they couldn't get off Jerry at all. But like later on, you know, Elaine is is forming a you know she's a big character. All four of them are their own characters later on, probably by like season three or later on. We'll 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 kind of figure that out honestly as we watch and continue. But yes, if we if this same type of episode came out in season five or six or whatever, we would have seen this and this would have been hilarious. I wanted to see her fucking call out this guy and we didn't get it because I think, you know, we're just kind of seeing the world you know, through Jerry more than anything else right now. Yeah, you're right. I think it's definitely more of a Jerry-centric show. Um, that's even more apparent in the next episode and I'll, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. And it has a charm to it. It, uh, it also has, it feels like a lower budget maybe than later seasons, obviously. But I do like it when things branch out and you actually start getting into the lives of these other characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, so we're going to cut to Jerry on the phone in his apartment. Uh, He's called a wrong number. And honestly, it's another like kind of relatable thing. I like this a lot where, you know, he knows he called the wrong number, but the guy, whoever's on the other fucking line, isn't just answering a simple question where Jerry's trying to find out like, Wait a minute, is the wrong the number that I wrote down wrong or did I dial it wrong? Uh, and the guy like hangs up on him and Jerry has to call him back and he gets the same fucking number and it's just like, you know what? I you know what? I find that one particularly relatable and and humorous. Well, did you notice that insult to injury? It was also a long distance number, so he was like, yeah. I, I keep getting charged <laughs> yeah. for a long distance number and this guy won't help him out. I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah. I, I mean, Those damn poor long distance charges. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's it's something that the joke that couldn't even happen today at this point. Honestly. Honestly, yeah. but for yeah. us, you know, of that generation, I totally get it. I totally yes, get absolutely. the frustration. I totally get the, you know, the, 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 you know, what Jerry's going through. But ironically, as we're getting older, what was once a joke about frustration has now become kind of nostalgic because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. like another layer to it now because you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when like, you know, you had to have these communications with people. You actually had to sometimes you would have these weird errors in communication where you'd get a wrong number. And then you've heard stories where like you you, you call a wrong number and the person actually turned out to be nice and you talk to them for like a few mm-hmm. minutes. and You're like, oh, you know, where are you? But you know what I mean? And like that would never happen anymore. Like that can't happen anymore because no one picks up uh, numbers on their cell phone that they don't know that aren't in their contact list you know very true absolutely i sure as, none of us do i sure as fuck don't fuck no it's all bill collectors man <laughs> <laughs> yes all right kramer walks into the apartment and he has got this delicious cantaloupe uh it's some cantaloupe that he got at joe's which is i really do like this is a place that we end up 
you know, going to later. It's a, it's a store that Kramer kind of talks about, you know, multiple times, kind of just kind of randomly throughout the series. And at one point he actually gets banned from it and we'll get to that episode. But I love that, you know, we get, we're getting a seed of Joe's now and the writers, you know, are paying attention to it and they're like, okay, we'll, we'll make a story about this later. But right now, you know, we know Kramer fucking loves Joe's for his fruit. He does not eat at the supermarket, which uh, I just really liked. I just liked seeing that and be like, oh, fuck, I bet this is the place. And it is. And I thought when he mentioned Joe's in the in the cantaloupe, I thought that this was that episode where I was like, mm-hmm. is this that what's going to happen here? I'm like, that's not this one. And just like season one, I'm already surprised by call forwards that we're going to get some foreshadowing, you know, that uh, we're going to see later on that they, they really have a, a pretty fleshed out world here for Seinfeld. And maybe that was its appeal, you know, like maybe the fact that like Joe's gets mentioned in season two and then it gets like a payoff in like season three or season four maybe that's what makes it fun you know like you said we'll analyze it as we get there but i'm really noticing these these threads now this time watching it through and i'm excited to see where they go and how absolutely i certainly didn't notice it before no uh, no when i was younger sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no, and i was just gonna say and I, I'm, I'm curious to see how many there are you know uh, uh foreshadowing moments and everything so that was that was cool i like that yeah yeah no i mean We've all seen Seinfeld so many times, and particularly maybe part of the reason why we didn't get it is we all watched this. I mean, we watched this. Yes, we watched this when it happened live, but I remember this most in syndication. And in syndication, you don't get this, you know, episode by the next episode and then the next episode and the next episode. You're not actually watching it in order. You're just watching whenever the fuck you can, you know, random stuff and whenever they show it. And so now that we are watching it, in the order it was meant to be shown, like we are getting those through lines that we never realized were there. And it's, it's adding a lot of uh, nostalgic value for me. And so I'm really, really happy about it as well. So even though you just kind of said that exact same thing, I'm just reiterating it, but I'm reiterating it better because I'm a better podcast host than you. Um, so that's, that's that. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> oh my. All right. In walks George, who apparently ended up breaking up with Marlene. Good for him. He is super excited about it. He has this whole comparison with it uh, breaking up with her and escaping from a prison, and it's pretty funny. Um, I love this story. He he told a great yeah. story here, and I even took note of that. Um, George is a fantastic storyteller. I think, obviously, the best one is the the whale story and, uh, you mm. know, way down the road, but I, <laughs> yes. I, I do enjoy his stories, and it's interesting to see one, like, kind of start so early on like this. Um but I loved it. it. It kept me like riveted. I thought he landed all the the, the, the beats and everything, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny as shit. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. Uh, the only problem here is that he left his books, a couple books, at her apartment. I really appreciate Jerry's comeback for them, where he's just like, okay, well then, uh, you know, just just go get them. He's like, no, it's going to be too awkward. Well, then, who gives a fuck about the books? And he's like, well, they're my books. I'm like, well, you already read them, yeah? It's like, yeah, then then why the fuck do you want the books? Like, I am 100% on Jerry's side on this. Uh, it's just it's just George's neurotic side or maybe his, like, frugal side because he also is that kind of guy who'd be like, well, I bought them. I should be, you know, I can't just – it's like throwing away money. And it's like, well, it's – you know, in my head, it's really fucking not because you've already got your use out of them. Yeah, well, did he? Because then we fast forward and see what the books actually are. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's all like these horrible self-help books and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he – yeah, he probably he probably does need to read them. And later on, he, yeah, he he's going to need some more self-help because he he's kind of on a 
Right now, he's on almost on a high. He's doing just fine. Uh, I think, what is it, come season three or whatever, he the dude crashes hard. <laughs> when he loses the real estate job? Because right, now, he, yeah, he, right he, now, he's still working yeah. in real estate, right? He's still a realtor. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Soon, soon the end will come for soon. George. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, so he wants Jerry to go get the books for him. Uh, so we're going to cut to Jerry at the coffee shop with Marlene. Uh, Marlene is played by Tracy Colas, who really hasn't done much besides... This is the only thing I recognize her from. She's done, like, one-off character here, which actually, apparently, she comes back in a later episode. She does? Uh, really? Which, yes, she's credited on two episodes of Seinfeld. Oh, huh, okay. Uh, the other... The other, so one in 1991, which is this one, and another one in 1994. So, oh, but this is a different character. Ha! Wow. <laughs> so she's going to play a different character in a few more seasons. So I am interested to find that. I'll have to pay close attention. <laughs> I, I love it when sitcoms do that. She, uh, yes. Apparently she was also in an episode of Quantum Leap, too. That was the only other thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. She's very attractive. I was like, I always just, liked her. And, of course, she stands out because of that southern accent. So you kind of like, you, as as far as like the canon of, you know, Zary's girlfriends or whatever, she kind of stands out. But she's, I always thought she was quite striking. And that is exactly the point of her character here is to, you know, even why George was, you know, had an initial appeal to her and why Jerry right now is really appeal to her partly, you know, because she's very attractive, but also like that Southern voice is apparently very sultry. To me, her accent is a little bit too harsh. I'm from the South. Uh, I absolutely love a good Southern accent. I think a subtle Southern accent is the sexiest accent in the world. Uh, maybe maybe not in the world, but it's up there. It's up there. You know, maybe maybe like a, you know, quiet Italian or Greek accent is actually maybe more more attractive or a Spanish accent or something. But a sweet little subtle Southern accent is fantastic. Hers is not subtle by any means. It's a punch you in the face Southern accent. No, they she leaned into it hard. Yeah, it felt a little too hard and a little too fake to me, <laughs> if I if I had to guess. Yeah, she's born in uh, Brooklyn, New York, yeah. and so I could kind of tell, yep, I, it, it, I could tell it was a, a fake accent. <laughs> I mean, she probably got the job because she was like, I can do a really strong Southern accent. And they're like, well, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, she did. Uh, and so they're getting along, her and Jerry, um, and so they're just, okay, good for them. They're kind of hitting it off. Uh, we cut to a chiropractor uh, that Jerry had previously talked to George about going to. And Jerry kind of tells George that, uh, you know, him him and Marlene are hanging out. And uh, they're kind of like sharing stories about how annoying she is and she's constantly calling, things like that. Um, and Jerry's like, fuck this. I got to stop hanging out with this girl because, you know, she is just a little too crazy, I guess, is, is really the gist. And George reciprocates the Band-Aid line. He comes right back into him, do it one motion, right off. It's great because he does, like, a, uh, an impersonation of Jerry, though. It's his own yeah. version. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then George gets called into the doctor's office or the little waiting room, and we get a stand-up bit exactly about that yeah it's the next bit kind of it rolls right into it which kind of goes back to what we said in season one how this is a show about jerry how he gets his material but you know the it was okay it just was like ah you go into what's the deal with waiting rooms you know and you (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know you're waiting it's like okay it was a little on the nose and it didn't really go anywhere i didn't think yeah i mean we can somewhat relate to it because yes if any of us who have been to the doctor yet you go to that other room and you're still fucking there for 30 minutes waiting for them to come in and spend about two minutes with you. And that's exactly what George dealt with. 
uh, he walks out of that office and it's like, what the fuck? I was there for <laughs> for two minutes with the doctor and now I'm being charged 75 bucks uh, and he didn't even do anything. And so he isn't going to pay the money. He only pays half the bill because he's fucking George. Now, they didn't they didn't show us that though. Like they didn't show his interaction, no. you know, with the the pain of half the bill or whatever. I think that would have been funny to see, you know. And agreed. And, and I, that would have been something later on that we would have seen as well, yeah. And I feel like we did at some point see something to that effect later on, but uh both of these scenes, the the pre and post um stand up part which is the doctor's office stuff, I didn't think they were that funny. It was it was mm-hmm. all just like sort of set up. It was set up for a payoff that wasn't even that strong which is the stand-up yeah yeah exactly i mean we get and we get a a joke with um the bill later on but like no doctor's office would let somebody walk out you know without paying i guess maybe he just walked out and didn't and you know and that was that yeah i I think he i mean he must have just paid like maybe you can pay by mail or something now the only thing Mm. i'm looking at my notes real quick the only thing notable from that stand-up bit is he talks about the the theater um the operating theater the to watch a Mm. surgery and which is interesting because that's going to come back later with the the junior mint episode (laughs) junior mint yes so uh, it's it's another interesting little i guess something in the head of jerry he's all maybe he's maybe jerry and larry david have always had this like fascination with operating theaters you know but it seems like he clearly has thought about this before yeah i agree we cut to jerry in the car and apparently uh him and marlene have been doing just a little bit more than uh hanging out recently and they started kissing and they were making out and uh and now they're both feeling uh, a little bit guilty about it but um not so much because they seem to like each other and they're hitting it off yeah so yeah good for them she's attractive yep Jerry's attractive. Sure. They would make attractive babies. <laughs> as long as uh, they don't have that bad, awful southern accent. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we cut to Jerry's apartment, and Kramer shows uh, his golf swing to us, which is kind of nice. Which also, I mean, Kramer does golfing quite a bit in this show, or just at least like shows that he loves golf. So it's kind of, I, I, I like, and he's very, his physical humor is good. Even just swinging a fucking fake club makes me happy <laughs> yeah it's it, even that's funny whenever he does it um i was a little off put by his i think it was his outfit his attire that they put him in this uh mm. this episode i was like he he's almost getting there i'm like he's almost quite kramer <laughs> like they're 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 locking it down and uh but I, I feel like maybe the shirts just weren't right or something but they were getting there this episode Okay. I mean, he's... Only you, man. Only you would notice <laughs> yeah. his fucking shirts. <laughs> I mean, when you've seen these episodes so many times, I'm like, well, let me start analyzing the outfits. Uh, yes. But uh, when, when you know, later on, when Jerry's, like, in a few minutes, like, sort of telling him, you know, that he's he feels bad about hooking up with... Uh, the smirk on Kramer's face was great. I, I just loved it. He just nailed it. I, th- I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Exactly. So, yeah, Marlene calls and, you know, Jerry has the... the call go to answering machine uh and kramer and jerry kind of discuss you know the idea of sleeping with marlene and uh and you know they're kind of into it and yeah kramer gets a good smirk exactly uh really really like it one other thing i also want to call out i love it's it's a very kramer-esque thing where he's talking about uh the supermarket cantaloupe where jerry has some supermarket cantaloupe. he's and and kramer's just like oh it's fucking awful you got to go to joe's instead and it is I mean, I, I 
I appreciate it. That is super Kramer, or that's super just Kramer esque. Well, and and it's also very Seinfeld esque, like kind of having yes. these like B storylines, or even this one's probably like a C storyline because it does mm-hmm. it does pay off. It has po- you know multiple pop ups, but it's it's literally about nothing, just about bad cantaloupe. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's about something that's like a buck ninety nine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it affects these people's <laughs> lives so much, and even Elaine when she's like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, exactly. Who she comes in, she drops off a weird phone or a weird like plane lamp or whatever the fuck that was and he said he goes oh my plane lamp and that's it it just yeah. sits there and he doesn't even like they don't even address like why elaine brought it over but he was so excited why, yeah and i or why she was borrowing it yeah <laughs> but I, I loved it i loved his reaction he was such a kid oh my plane lamp yeah and she apparently uh, confronted the guy at her building, uh, which we kind of mentioned before, um, and we all just we just hear about it through her, and it, and it's honestly it it does take away from that storyline because we didn't see any of it. We just get it secondhand of her telling Jerry about you know uh, that she confronted this dude, but ultimately it ends up inspiring him to talk to George if he can start banging Marlene. That's pretty much the gist of it. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's nice that that her storyline tied into that uh, in some way, shape, or form, and. I didn't have any problem with it because I love Elaine's delivery or Julie Louis Dreyfus's deliveries, uh, mm-hmm. just fantastic. But it's just still so weird when you think about it that her whole storyline involves somebody else that you don't even see, and it's just her telling Jerry and George about it, and that's it. It's really weird. It's almost like um, yeah, that's almost very like like theater esque. Yeah, I can kind of see that because you can't always change. Uh you know, settings in a theater. So you just kind of have to explain a lot more like that. So, yeah, it's yeah. weird. I don't know, but I don't know. It, it's, it worked. It, for some reason it worked. It was, yeah, it was fine. I'll allow it, but it, it could have been better. And and we see them done better much, much, much yes. more later on. Yeah, we do. Uh, so we got to Jerry and George in the coffee shop and surprisingly, George doesn't care. This is a very uncharacteristically George thing where he is not upset about Jerry, um, you know, banging his ex-girlfriend and then becoming Eskimo brothers. Instead, what is very George, though, he is super upset that Jerry apparently paid off the rest of the chiropractor's bill. Well, I, I gotta say, that is a dick move on Jerry's part. I George never asked him to do that. George was making a stand. You know, it should have been something George was dealing with on his own. That was a dick move on Jerry's part. On the- I disagree. You're not. You're fucking wrong. Because Jerry, Jerry was rightfully... Uh, ashamed at his friend. His friend was, was being a douche, and so he just took it upon himself to undoucheify the situation. I would have done the same thing. Well, I guess you're right, because it, it was Jerry's um, doctor, too. Yes, so, it's his crime. Yeah. George was being the asshole. Yeah, yeah, you're right. George being an asshole. That's it. There's, Jerry <laughs> went out right. on a limb to go get him this appointment, and then he's like, yeah, he's, it's so fuck, fuck George on this situation. Yeah, no, George George is a dick. You know what he gets for being a dick? For, he, for being a dick, he gets a fly right down the goddamn throat. <laughs> Dude, I love it when he freaks out about eating the fly. What do I do? What's going to happen to me? It's, it's hilarious. It comes out of fucking nowhere there. It just automatically, it puts an end to the chiropractor bill conversation. <laughs> it just is just like, oh my God, I swallowed a fly. It's it's ridiculous. And it totally knocked George like off of his, like, you know, his highness at that point. He was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and we just cut with him having swallowed this fly, uh, and now we cut to Marlene and Jerry into uh, their car, and she is not having it. She is no longer interested in Jerry, and it's like, well, what the fuck? What happened? Why aren't, why aren't you digging the Jer Jer, the Jerry train, if you will, anymore? Uh, it's apparently 
because she saw his act. <laughs> she does not think that guy is funny, uh, and she does not respect what he does. I love the line that Jerry says, you're a cashier. Yeah. She's, <laughs> you know, she she's working fucking retail, and uh, she doesn't respect his comedy act, and so she doesn't want to be with him. Yeah, that that was that was funny. <laughs> you're a cashier. Come exactly, on. and it, and it and it leads pretty well into the stand up bit, right? The this the final stand up bit of the episode, which he basically talks about like how women, you know, looking for a guy that I guess you know has a good job, and men kind of have to like lie about what their job is to make it better. But it's like it's so funny because you know that wouldn't work in in Google times now because you can just Google the person or, or on social media, mm-hmm. but it's just it's funny to think that like back then you could have this whole alternate personality and no one would know unless you know you have to stake the person out and actually see it or something but like that's all gone these days you can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. unless you're a complete psychopath yeah uh so let's get into the final discussion of the episode Uh, i'll go ahead and give us a start Uh, in my opinion there were some okay moments i enjoyed the fly moment i enjoy the cantaloupe conversation, honestly, I just I think it's fun. There's a couple good things, but in general, this is not a strong episode for me. I was honestly surprised that this was the season opener. Uh, I, I didn't think it was as strong as what it should have be should have been to start off season two. It was an okay episode, and, and but it's kind of one that just kind of like, all right, it's a filler episode for me, really. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. If it came on syndication when I was watching it, I probably would have like sort of half paid attention to it. It's not one of my favorite episodes, even though it has a lot of, it has a lot of good moments, but I think Mm -hmm. they don't coalesce into like a really good singular episode. Um, especially like you said, especially not for a a season premiere for season two, like you, you want to come out strong and, and, you know, we'll get to it, but I think the second episode's much stronger. And I wonder, I wonder what the idea was for putting this one first, you know, but it wasn't the strongest. It's not, you know, one of the strongest Seinfeld episodes. It's not one of the worst. Um, it's forgettable pretty much. And Mm -hmm. I, am curious to see as a season as a whole, if this, you know, kind of is, does it start things off on a, on a, on a bad foot? Does, do things improve? Um, I think they do improve, but it it wasn't strong. It was not a strong start. No, absolutely. I mean, the way you put it, it's not one that's super memorable. Hell, we, you watched the first part and Jerry, uh, Kramer was talking about fruit and you thought this was going to be the episode with Joe's like fruit stand. And it wasn't that it was something completely different uh, because everything else in here, you just kind of fucking forgot about. Yeah. Ex- except for Marlene. She, I do remember her. I always remember her. And I, and I will say it is an episode that like, I'd be doing like something halfway in the background, but if I heard her talk, I'd look, <laughs> I'd turn around. I'd be like, Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would look and cringe at her voice, but I would look at her and not cringe. Yeah, but yeah. Watch them put it on mute. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that's the end of this episode. Corey, where can we find you? Uh, what's your specific address? Like, I want to know and go there and, uh, yeah, do some bad things to you. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm up here in North Hollywood. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can you can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation um, and also on the NSFW Gamer podcast, as well as uh, here and there on the Blast From Our Past podcast, uh, specifically the sequels. So, yeah, I'm, I'm out there. I'm podcasting, baby. Yeah, you are. Uh, and as you mentioned, Blast from Our Past podcast is the podcast that I am mostly on with my brother John, and Corey is on pretty frequently. Uh, and that's mostly what I do. Besides that, 
you know, I'm just living life, baby. Living, loving, laughing. Doing my thing. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that. Oh, I, I, I dated girls that had, like, the live, laugh, love, sh- love shit, like, on their walls and stuff. I'm just like, ugh, fuck me. You shop, you shop at Target too much? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like having a giant Target symbol on your wall. Just have that. <laughs> yeah. God. <sighs> all right, guys. We'll see you all next week.